0: Welcome and good evening. Tonight I have four brand new real-life ghost stories to share with you all. First, we'll be heading to Texas and hearing about a variety of strange occurrences that took place in a family's new home. Then, a construction worker encounters the echoes of a tragedy. Then we'll be hearing about a terrifying encounter that takes place in the basement of Zach Baggins' haunted museum. Before finally meeting an old man who likes to watch. So dim the lights, get yourself comfortable, and let's get started into another entry into the Tape Library. I rented a haunted house in El Paso, Texas. Anyway, back in 2011, I was living in a house in El Paso, Texas for a year with my two sons. It was a nice place with a huge backyard for our dogs and three bedrooms, two dens and a two-car garage. Great place for the price I was renting it. Also the landlord lived across the street from me, so he was always close by if needed. Shortly after moving in, in a matter of weeks, I was in my bedroom watching TV and unwinding from a long day. I was unemployed at the time and had received a severance check from my ex-employer and was living off of that while I was job searching. My bedroom was right across the hall from my youngest son's bedroom, and my oldest son had his bedroom next to mine as he was disabled, and there were times I would have to get up in the middle of the night if he needed to use the bathroom. Late that night, I heard singing coming through the AC vents, and assumed it was my son's girlfriend who had just moved in with us And had a great singing voice. I chalked it up to that and told myself that I would speak to my son about it in the morning. The following morning I asked my son about it with his girlfriend there and he told me that he thought the singing was coming from my room. They thought maybe I was watching something on TV and just turned up theirs to block out the song. Weird. This house was an older house, built in 1959, and built in an L shape, with one side of the L having bedrooms and bathrooms and the other side had the den, dining room and kitchen. Another room that could be used as an office or spare bedroom, and that ended with the garage. All doors and windows had wrought iron. It started that when we would leave the house, we would lock the wrought iron door going into the house from the garage. And many times upon our return, the door would be unlocked. The same happened when we were in the house. The door would remain unlocked while we were all inside the house. But many times when I would have to go out to the garage, the door would be locked. Also this house had been renovated. It had new tile, carpets, cabinets in the kitchen and such certain rooms had these old-style push-button light switches. They would be lit if the lights in the room were off, and then you would push it and the switch would make a loud audible double-click, Sounded kind of like a ka-chunk, and the light would turn on. In the hallway, the guest bathroom's light started turning on at different times of the night, but only when we were awake, We could be watching TV in the den, and you would hear the click, and the light in the bathroom would be on. No one was around when it did this, and we could find no reason for it to be doing this. I remember shortly after we had moved in, I had a brother over to help me connect all of my devices to connect a new Wi-Fi modem. After he had got done getting everything set up, it was dark outside, and he asked where the bathroom was. I told him first door on the left, down the hallway. I heard him go in, press the light switch, kachunk, And as I heard him relieving himself, the house was not that big of a house, I heard the loud kachunk again. Then my brother screamed out, what the fuck? He flushed and came out. We told him we had all heard it, and told him this was happening on a kind of regular basis. As we were settling in at this house, I bought a touch-sensitive lamp that I could place on the table next to my son's hospital bed, so that those times he called me late at night, I could just go in and tap the light and have light in his room. From off, if you touched the light once, it would light dimly or low. The second touch would be medium. A third touch would put the light at its brightest setting. And of course, the fourth touch would turn it off again. Well after about a week that this light was there, it started to turn on in the middle of the night, but it always seemed to turn on between 12am and 2am and it was always on at the second medium setting, never at the low or the high higher setting. There was no way that my disabled son would have been able to reach that light as it was to the left of his bed and out of range of his hands and arms. Has had limited range of motion in his arms after his car accident. This light turned on every night without fail. There were several times that I would try to stay awake just so I could catch the light turning on and run into the room to catch our invisible culprit. It never worked. I could be sitting up in bed with my door open, watching for the hallway to brighten from the light being turned on. I was never able to catch it. As soon as I would start to doze off and my eyes would close, I would snap awake and the light would already be on. At this time, I downloaded a Ghost Hunters app on my iPhone to test some things out. That night I was walking around the house trying to get EMF readings. They were highest in my son's room. My brother was over again that night and told me it was probably picking up the electrical current from the wiring in the walls. So we decided to kill all the power to the house at the main fuse box, and to check the room again. Even with the power turned off, the EMF readings were high in the guest bedroom, and highest again in my disabled son's room. One night I had my girlfriend staying over, and that night after we had our fun, we opened the door to my room so if my son called, I could hear him, we went to sleep. I woke up to her screaming, yelling that someone was at the door. I looked, and sure enough, there was a shadow figure at the door. I'm getting goosebumps just typing this. I jumped out of bed as I saw it move to the left of the door and ran into the hallway. From there I saw the shape go into the bathroom, the same one that had the light being turned on by itself. I turned on the light, my hands shaking and the room was empty. I could not get my girlfriend to go back to sleep, and she packed up her stuff and left. The next day I decided to go across the street to speak with my landlord, and tell him the things that were happening. It was then that he told me he had brought the house, after the woman that had lived there had passed on. She died in the house, and he brought it, and turned it into a rental property and I was his first tenant at that house. After I told him all of the things that were happening, he told me that he was willing to rent a video camera, and we could set it up in my son's room. I told him maybe, that we would just see how things progressed, as no one had been harmed, and whatever was in that house did not seem malevolent in any way. As weeks turned into months, and each night passing meant me waking up in the middle of the night to turn off the light in my son's room, as it would wake me up eventually. The doors around the house would lock and unlock themselves. The lights in the bathroom would turn on and off. We kinda got used to it. One night I was asleep in my room, and had the AC on, and the ceiling fan was on in my room as the El Paso summer nights can be hot as hell. Anyway, I was asleep, and was awakened by the sound of the vertical blinds knocking against themselves. I wrote it off as the air being moved by the fan in the AC. I closed my eyes and was just about to doze off again, when I felt the hair on the back of my neck prick up. I closed my eyes tighter and told myself, Don't look. As soon as I thought that, I felt breathing on my right ear. And as plain as day, something whispered, Mother, into my ear. I yelled and jumped out of bed, turned on my lights, and nothing. There was no one there. As time moved on, I started dating another woman with three kids. And when things started to get serious between her and I, I converted the room that could be used as an office to a spare bedroom with a set of bunk beds and another small bed for this girlfriend's youngest daughter as they would come over and started spending weekends with us. They started experiencing things too, mostly the shadow figure. The little girl was the one that would see this the most, get scared and come into our room and jump into bed with us. All of us had experiences with the shadow as we started to call it. There were times I would be watching TV in the den and I would feel the hair on the back of my neck stand up. I would spin around only to catch a dark streak, moving away and in a second, it was gone. Anyway, as our one-year lease was coming close to an end, I contacted the El Paso Paranormal Society and asked if they could come out and check the house. I called them, sent an email via the website, and never got an answer. My girlfriend and I got married. This did not last, but that's another story. And we ended up buying a house in the same neighbourhood only about three blocks from this one. As we were almost done with our move, I was finally contacted by the El Paso Paranormal Society. Needless to say, they were anxious to come check out the house, and wanted to set up an appointment about two weeks from the day of their call. I told them we were already moving to a new place, and that we would not be living there any longer by the time they would be able to come out. So the guy I spoke to told me Make sure the last thing that I should do when I leave the house for the final time would be to announce to whatever was in that house that it needed to stay there and that it was not allowed to follow me. His telling me this gave me chills but I said sure. Okay. That night as me and my girlfriend were getting the last things out of that house we did a final walkthrough making sure the lights were off, the doors were locked. The landlord had already been over to inspect and just asked us to leave a light on in the house. We chose to leave the light on in the kitchen, as it had a window with vertical blinds that looked out onto the driveway of the house. This way it would seem as if someone was home. As my wife and I got into each of our own cars and had our windows down, we were speaking to each other. I remember what the ghost hunter had told me. I yelled over to my wife to hold on a sec. I got out of my car, unlocked and opened the front door and stood in the doorway and said, whatever is in this house, this is now your house. You are not allowed to follow us. You must stay here. I backed out of the house, closed and locked the door, and got back into my car. I yelled over to my wife, let's go. When all of a sudden, right in front of both of us, We saw one of the vertical blinds in the kitchen window move sideways as if someone was looking out. We looked at each other and said let's get the fuck out of here and we left. I almost left out one of the creepiest things. There was one morning that I awoke very early like 4.30ish and that damn light was on in my son's room again. I always tried to catch the light and turn it off before it woke my son Was due to his brain injury, sleep was very important for him to have. As I walked in quietly to turn off the lights, I was pissed that this had been going on so long and nightly. I tapped the light twice to turn it off and started to walk out of the room. I stopped at the foot of my son's hospital bed and said out loud, If there is something here, turn on that fucking light. And almost immediately, The light turned on. I did not realize that my son, who I thought was asleep at the time, woke up. The look of terror on his face shook me to my core. To this day, I still have nightmares about that morning and the look on his face. After that morning, I unplugged that lamp and put it away in the garage. The house is real. It's located at 2921 2921 First Street in El Paso, Texas. You can google it and see it looks like a normal house. You can even see the kitchen window that's close to the driveway. That had that single vertical blind push sideways that last night there. Update. Now for the kicker. Since I made the original post, I have been contacted by two persons that knew this house. And knew the couple that lived there. As mentioned earlier, the woman that lived there previously died in that house. What I did not know was, that she died and stayed in that house. Undiscovered for a little more than a week. Eventually, the police were called out by one of the persons that contacted me about my original post to do a wellness check due to mail and newspapers starting to pile up, and no one answering the door when they would knock. After the police gained access to the house, she was found dead in the hallway between my son's room and the bathroom with the light that would turn on and off all times of night. Also, I was told, this lady that lived in that house became very angry and hateful as she grew older. She was paranoid and developed dementia. She became so hateful and cruel that she alienated all of her family, even her husband, who eventually moved out and paid the bills while she lived there, alone. Then he passed, the husband. This lady kept the urn with his ashes on the kitchen table that looked out onto the front driveway, the same window that had the vertical blind pushed sideways, as if something or someone was looking out at me and my wife. I was told that the room my son slept in, as the lady suffered more and more from dementia, she made a shrine of sorts, with paper after paper taped on the wall, asking God to save her, to not hate her, to forgive her, for her family to love her. This same wall where my son was set up in that room had his medals from track and cross country, pictures of his friends, newspaper articles. I was even told by the same person that when she was younger, one of this lady's daughters told her, when this daughter was a child, that she did not like to be in that room because her dark smoke came out of the outlet at night, the same outlet that my son his touch lamp plugged into. This means that there was something in that house, even while the couple that lived there were both still alive. As told me by this same witness, this house was the first house built in this subdivision back in 1959. I wonder now, what was it built over? Believe me when I say that there was much more that happened in this house that I did not cover. So much, in fact, that I always thought about writing about it as a book. My own tests and traps that I set up to try and document proof were kind of crazy too. I went so far as dusting the metal dome of the touch lamp with flour, just to see if there would be any prints. Running thread the same colour of the carpet, an inch from the floor across my son's doorway, so that it was almost unseen. Hoping to see the string snapped from whatever was entering my son's room at night, never got a damn thing. It has been years since I lived there, this house is very close to my son's mother's house. The times I have to go over there, I make it a point to drive by this place. There are new tenants there. Well, not new as they have lived there since shortly after I moved out. I always wonder if they too are having experiences there. Ghosts are real. Hauntings are real. I think and believe that because both my son and I both had very close calls with almost dying this made us more susceptible and open to the entities in that house. Anyway the story is all true, the house is real. I do not know if the new tenants have had any experiences and I see no reason to go back to that house and find out. Case 2 This isn't my story, but my dad's, but I feel it's worthwhile telling it here. My dad was a builder, contracted to the local council to carry out works on council buildings. In the UK, this also includes homes and flats. My dad was told his next piece of work would be in a flat building, with multiple rooms and three levels. Homes and flats like these, where no one lives in them at the time, are called voids. The building is just empty rooms. When this happens, the council put big heavy metal doors on the building to prevent thieves from getting in. You need a set of keys provided by the council. To get ahead of himself, my dad wanted to see the scale of the work he would be undertaking, rather than going there completely under-equipped and unprepared. So my dad opens up and takes a look around. Four rooms on ground floor, same on second and third all connected by a staircase which had a central shaft through the middle you can see right to the ceiling on the third floor stairs of metal bars for railings a big job but achievable in a few days got the place out replaster a few walls and a repaint job my dad goes to lock up but he feels someone behind him this I'm told is not uncommon Local people see builders go into empty buildings and they want to see what they can take. So naturally my dad turns around. Mate, you're gonna have to leave, I'm locking up. But he said it to no one. No one was around him or had been in the building. Thinking this is just an odd sensation, he thought nothing else about it, locked up and went home. My dad told my mum what happened, but it was more of a passing remark, like, oh this happened today, weird, (laughs) and nothing else was said. Anyway, the weekend passes, and my dad and his friend Martin go back to the job on Monday, and begin opening up and proceeding with the work. A local resident walks up, and asks them how things are going, to which both agree it's going well, in some other small talk. He changes the subject. It's a shame what happened in there, isn't it? Both my dad and his working friend were confused. A shame? What's a shame? Poor girl came home from school a few months ago and saw her dad hanging, tied himself to the railing and jumped. My dad, of course, was now scared and felt that familiar shiver go up him. He didn't tell the local guy what he had felt, but he told his friend. Martin refused to go in the building alone, and they both agreed that they would always leave the central door open to make sure there was an exit if needed. My dad would be the first to tell you he doesn't really believe in ghosts, and he would also say he has never seen a ghost, but he did say this was the oddest experience he has ever had. still cannot explain it. My husband and I visited the haunted museum in Vegas. We upgraded to the RIP tickets and we were the only ones in the tour group that had been upgraded. So part of the upgraded experience is you get to go down into the basement I was excited to go down, but nervous that it was just my husband and I going down. I started down the stairs, followed closely by my husband. I got to the first doorway to the little hallway and I immediately was overwhelmed with an uneasy negative feeling. Everything in my body told me to turn around and run back up the stairs. I ignored that and started down the little hallway to the room with the pentagram on the floor. The uneasy feeling kept getting worse and worse. I felt like something was watching me. I got to the doorway of the room with the pentagram. And I just had the gut feeling to turn around and run. I turned around and looked at my husband to tell him I wanted to go back upstairs. And when I turned around to look at him, I saw standing right behind him, a figure dressed in a hooded black cloak. I know my eyes weren't playing tricks on me, because the figure was as clear and solid looking as my husband. I have also seen many spirits in my life to know this was one. I closed my eyes and ran back down the hallway and up the stairs. I returned to the museum a couple of months later, and went back down to the basement. I didn't have the uneasy feeling, didn't experience anything else in the basement. Case 4. Before I moved to London, I used to live in a 1950s built house in Hampshire, UK. My parents had purchased it in 1999 from an old couple who had lived in it since it was built, so no one had died in it. The first strange thing that happened was the cats wouldn't stay in the house. They would always bolt out for some reason. After my parents started renovating, my brother and I started to feel like we were being watched in the house and at night in the living room. You would always feel like something was watching you through the new glass doors from the hallway or the stairs. After a while, if we were sitting downstairs, we started to hear footsteps moving from my bedroom in the room above, Walk into my brother's neighboring room, then across the landing to the hallway to my parents' room. My parents both dismissed it as the pipes cooling on the floorboard settling but you could distinctly tell exactly what boards the footsteps were treading on. At one point friends came over. I was alone and as you walked down the street you could see into our living room. They asked if I had relatives staying as they had seen people sitting on the sofa. Things started to move. You'd place shoes by the door and then it would be under the stairs. Or things like keys would be moved somewhere else. Then it gets really creepy. One day I'd run a bath, and was listening to music on the computer in the study in the next room. It had been a while and the music had stopped, as the PC had gone into standby mode. I'd been in the bath for about an hour and fell asleep, and as the water had just gone past my nose. The music on the PC shot back on louder, and woke me up. Bearing in mind in those days you had to mash the keyboard or really jiggle the mouse to wake up the computer. Saving me from potentially drowning. I took this to be whatever was in the house wasn't bad. However, a few weeks later, I woke up bolt upright. Like something had woken me up. Must have been around 2am. My door was open onto the landing, and it was a bright full moon night shining through the hallway onto the brick landing. I looked into my terror. I saw an old man. He wasn't standing up. It was like he was laying down on the stairs. And his head was at foot height, staring around the landing wall, directly at me. The moonlight was on his face. It haunts me to this day. I closed the door and slept with my light on for the rest of the night. My parents sold the house in 2004 when they moved to New Zealand. and When I spoke to my dad about it later, he said he knew something was in the house. It hadn't wanted to scare my brother and I. He'd had his own experiences. He'd heard the same footsteps on the floorboards and in the mornings when he'd get up and make tea for mum, He'd hear footsteps behind him in the kitchen, walking towards him, something rushing past him, and the taps would turn on by themselves. Years later, when I told him about the old man I'd seen, he said on a few occasions he'd be in the lounge at night, and in the reflection of his reading glasses, he could see the exact same man sitting in the armchair behind him. My dad is a massive sceptic, policeman back in the day, and a no-nonsense project director. Apparently he was so freaked out he went to the public records office to see what our house had been built on. The area had been made up of old mansion estates back in Victorian times, and it looked like our kitchen had been built over a pathway leading from the old big house to an ice house building. He thinks maybe it was the servants, or whoever walked that path. Very spooky. Do you have your own paranormal encounter? And please do get in touch, and let me know. I try to read out every story I get submitted, so if you'd like your experiences to be logged in the Tape Library archives, you can find my email address in the description. That's all for this entry. Until next time, pleasant dreams.